0: morning it's good to see all of you here today good to have all of those who are joining online thank you for joining and taking part this morning you know we were uh we were gone last week barbie and i and we missed you guys i was hoping you'd say you missed me too um we went to our granddaughter's dedication, and um, it was really great. Um, our whole family was in church together, and we rarely get that opportunity, and so that was really nice. And uh, to be a part of those special events and times in the life of our family is important, and we appreciate you guys allowing us to do that, and you know, just your your grace for us on that. Um, have you heard about what's going on at Asbury College? Yes. Yeah? yeah, some of you have. Uh, we talk about revival. We we do that. We talk about revival, and and that's a word that um, sometimes has different connotations. But to me, revival is when the Spirit of God gets a hold of people and starts changing lives. Yeah. And so right now at Asbury College, there's some pretty amazing things happening and uh, they started a chapel service, I think on Wednesday, and it went on for days. It's still going on. It's still going on. like they haven't left. like I'm sure some have left, but they it, it just keeps going and it's amazing and it, it's it's just uh you know I, I just keep seeing things on Facebook and and Twitter. I mean, it's all over social media, what God is doing in that place. And it's spreading. And so, uh, you know, um, uh, Pastor Jim mentioned uh, Ohio Christian. Uh, We've heard that things are going on there as well. And uh, these are two colleges, uh, two universities. And so you know, it's like, okay, it's happening in the colleges and universities. Come on, church. <laughs> you know, it needs to be happening with us as well. So we need to have our hearts wide open for what God wants to do. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to uh, start today by saying these, these two little words, all right? Connection complete. Connection complete. I get in my car, I start my car, and about two or three minutes, or maybe less than that, maybe about 30 seconds, really, all of a sudden, my car speakers say, connection complete. Okay. All right? You know what that is? Cell yeah, cell phone. It's, like, it's, it's recognizing the Bluetooth of my cell phone, and it's connecting my cell phone to the car so that I can listen to music or listen to podcasts or whatever, you know, uh, watch YouTube. No, I don't watch YouTube while I'm driving, but <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. It's, it's, it's like a connection is complete, and so it makes my phone more useful with the car, okay? My phone actually becomes more useful than if it was just by itself, Get where I'm going? <laughs> connection complete. We need to be connection complete. Right? We need to be so connected that there becomes a completeness and we become more effective for Jesus. That's what the sermon's about today. That's it. Praise God. <laughs> Let's eat. No there's there's more uh, i went to sunday school all my life until i moved up to barberton they they didn't have sunday school there so i so i didn't have sunday school anymore but but i went to sunday school all my life and and i love sunday school i i i actually i actually started teaching sunday school when i was 19 years old and uh and i taught for a while but but before that, before that, um, I learned a lot in Sunday school. There was a lot of things that I learned. There was a lot of things that I, that I began to know. And it wasn't just the typical stuff. It was stuff that you know we would dig and, and I would learn and grow and, and all those kind of things. And I was in a Sunday school class with, um, with Billy White and, and Randy Bates and uh, Susie Fouracre and uh, Wendy Humphrey and, and I could go on and you guys don't know any of those people do you? but I do and I'll never forget them because I was in Sunday school with them every week every week and our Sunday school class was upstairs it was in a, an upstairs room that was built extra in the church uh, we didn't have an upstairs in the church until we needed more room. And they decided to add another floor. And so they built this room. Really, it was just one room. And it was to build a, a room for a library. But it became a Sunday school room. That's how things happen in churches, right? I mean, that's kind of what things, you know, things happen like that in churches. And so I built this room upstairs in the church. And I'm going to tell you, it was the hottest room in the building. It was so hot in there. I mean, we would go up to Sunday school and just sweat, and it didn't matter what time of year it was because in the winter, the heat you know, came right up the steps. In the summer, it was hot because of the summer, and we would go up there and just sweat, and it was, and it was great. It was great. We just loved it, you know, and, and, our, and my Sunday school teacher's name was Mary Fouracre. Now, you guys don't know the significance of that, do you? Some of you maybe do. She's now my stepmom. Yeah. So, my stepmom was my Sunday school teacher when I was a kid. Isn't that neat? That's pretty neat, isn't it? So, I have just these, these really great memories and warm feelings towards Sunday school. Um, when I was 10 or 11, I was, I was probably 10 or 11 years old, my Sunday school teacher came into class one day and said, uh, that he was going to move to another class to teach a different class. And I loved Sunday school so much that I went home that day and cried because I loved my Sunday school teacher. Uh, he, he was awesome. And, and so when he told us he was moving, it just broke my heart. And I went home that day and I cried about it, you know. I, I, just, I just loved Sunday school. Now, this isn't a message about Sunday school, okay, But it is a message about small groups, connecting, getting together, coming together in smaller groups to connect and to make this connection complete, okay? Uh, And here's the reason why. The the idea of of small groups is all through the New Testament. It's all through the New Testament. I want you to, did we get the scriptures? Awesome, awesome. I want you to look at some of these scriptures. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through these script, uh, scriptures. I'm gonna try to do this without, without uh, com- commenting on them. Okay, this is really hard for me. Okay, <laughs> but I'm gonna try. But I just want you, w- listen to these scriptures and listen for, and, and pay attention to the connection, and how important the connection is. Okay. Okay, this is from John uh, 13, start verse 34. I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Okay, Uh, this one is Romans 1, 8 through 12. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in telling the good news about his son, that I constantly mention you, always asking in my prayers that if it is somehow in God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you, for I want very much to see you so that... Oh, go back just a little bit. There you go. So that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. All right. This is uh, Philippians 1, 5, and 5 through 7. Uh, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. This one's First 1 Thessalonians 5:11. Therefore encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. Right, Hebrews three twelve through fourteen. Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be any of you uh, there won't be in any of you an evil unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage each other daily, while it is still called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. For we have become participants in Christ. If we hold firmly until the end the reality that we had at the start. All right? Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, Not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. All right, James 5:16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. And then, 1 John 1:5 through 7. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you: God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we are lying. And are not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. All right. You were wondering when I was going to stop, right? (laughs) But isn't the word of God great? It is so wonderful. And, and, And I just really gave you a handful. There was like eight scripture texts there. Um, out of probably 50 or 60 that I could have read to you. I mean, there is so much in the Word of God that indicates connection, that indicates us coming together, being together, loving one another, encouraging one another. You know, you can't love somebody if you know together and and be with them. You, You need to be with a person to love them and encourage them and connect with them. And so... That is very important, and so, you know, when I began to think of these kinds of scriptures and began to think of how there's value in being together, there's value in connecting with one another, or to use a more maybe biblical term, fellowshipping with one another, fellowshipping with one another. I want to take a look at a scripture text that uh, we're really going to explore today, and uh, it is Acts chapter 2. Forty-two through forty-six. Acts two forty-two through forty-six, and uh, this is kind of our main text. And um, you guys, you know, I, I know I'm kind of tired this morning, and you guys kind of look like you're a little weary. So I'm going to have you stand with me so we can <laughs> read this together. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. I want you to notice in the in this uh, in this scripture the, the two contexts where the early believers met. Okay, um, they they met together in the temple. That's what we're doing right now. That's that's us right now in this moment in time. We're meeting together in the temple. Okay, we don't call it a temple, but. That's what we're doing. We're meeting together in this sanctuary. We're meeting together in this building. The kids are back there. They're meeting together. We're all together in this building. We're meeting together. And it's vitally important, vitally important for the body of Christ to meet together, to worship together. I mean, if, if you wouldn't have been here this morning, you would have missed all of that worship that we just did. It. it I, I so agree with, with uh, Pastor Jim. The, the worship today just brought us so close to the presence of the Lord. Together. Together. We, we, we kind of like walked up to the, to the edge of the throne together to worship the Lord together. And it, it's more meaningful. Now, I'm not saying it can't be meaningful when you're on your own because It is. I, I sat in the car Friday when I I was on my way home from here Friday and I and, and I started before I left the parking lot I started some music and and so I was singing with the music all the way home and in my car all by myself. You know how that is. And I got to the, the, the driveway, pulled in the driveway and there was a song on and I was just enjoying it so much and I was just singing and I was praising God. And uh, and I was, I was actually, I had my hands up in the car praising God, singing a song, got done with that song, and I started, I almost hit pause to get out of the car, and all of a sudden I saw the next song was Gratitude, <laughs> and it's one of my favorites. And so I thought, no, nah, I got to listen to this one too. And so I sat there a little while longer and listened to Gratitude and sang along and praised God and, and had my hands up. And, and that's it's beautiful and it's wonderful that when we have those times. But it's just different when we're together and we're able to do it together. It really is. Because there's, there's a different element in it. There's a different element. What happens when we're together and we're doing that is I'm encouraged when... <laughs> when I know that there's someone beside me and someone across the aisle and someone behind me and and I can hear them singing and I can see a person in my peripheral and their hands are raised and it encourages my heart. It helps me to realize I'm not alone in this. And it gives me just a little, little sliver taste of heaven. Just a little bit, you know. And so... This is so important. We we come together and we use our gifts together because I don't have all the gifts, but collectively together we do have all the gifts, right? And we exhort and we encourage one another. And God intended from the beginning for his people to come together to worship him together and to lift their hearts and voices together to honor him together. And worship him. Amen? So that's the first context that we see in that scripture. The second context we see in the, in, the, in the church, the early church in the scripture, is that they were gathering together at what it says in each other's homes. They were gathering together in each other's homes. It actually says that they broke bread together. Now, this is a true fellowship, This is a true fellowship. And if you go back to the first verse that we read, verse 42, it uses that word fellowship. It talks about them fellowshipping together. Now, that word in verse 42 that is translated into the English word fellowship comes from the Greek word koinonia. Koinonia. And that koinonia word is something that it communicates more uh, than just... Okay, okay. Because sometimes, what we call fellowship is just talking, like, "Hey, Sean, how you doing?" Good, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Did you watch that football game? I did. What'd you think? They yeah, they did. They stunk. <laughs> yeah, and and we start labeling that fellowship. That's not what this is talking about. That is not what this scripture is talking about. What this scripture is talking about is something much deeper than that, like much deeper. This scripture is talking about sharing life together, like sharing life together. And and as we're sharing life together, encouraging one another, lifting one another up, praying with one another, caring for one another, growing in Christ with one another. This is the fellowship of Scripture. And this is the fellowship that we need. And I want to tell you, as just respectful of this moment that we're in right now as I can possibly be, we can't have that kind of fellowship in this setting. We just can't. We have to have a different setting. You see, the early church had two different settings they had the big setting where they were gathered together in the temple, but they also had those smaller settings where they were coming together in each other's homes. They were breaking bread together. They were in these smaller groups. So this, this, this is sharing life together. Uh, in this context, they were not only growing together towards what Jesus wanted them to be, but they were growing close to each other. They were becoming a, a family unit. <laughs> okay, a family unit. I think I've said this before, um, but, I, but I'll say it again. Maybe I haven't said it here. I'm, I'm not sure. My, my family moved a lot. We, we moved a lot. And my dad was a, a, man, a store manager. He was retail. He was in retail. And so we moved a lot. And I remember him saying that that it didn't really matter where we went. If we found a church, we would have family. Okay? He used to say that continually. And he was right. He was right. When we are having the type of fellowship that we are supposed to have, biblically speaking, we become a family unit. We become the family of God. <laughs> yeah. Some of you know that old song. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. When Barbie and I, uh, when I resigned Barberton, we um, it was during COVID stuff, and and so for a, a little while we just did church online. We just watched and 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 did church online we watched like four different services and you know we were we were doing church that way but it got to the point where we realized it was time for us to get into church and and we started going to churches because we wanted to go to the church God wanted us to go to but we knew we needed to be in church because we knew we needed family of God around us We knew we needed to be a part of the family of God. And so I want to encourage you to make sure that you are part of the family of God. Tom Rainer, uh, who is a pretty well-known guy as far as like church growth and doing uh, different things with churches and, and polling and different things like that, he said this. He said, The health of the early church was intricately tied to both the larger meeting in the temple and the smaller meeting in the homes. It was not a, a either-or, it was a both-and. Okay? I thought that was good. Tom Rader, he did a study of the efficacy of the small group and the results were staggering. In his study, he asked his research team to review the records of hundreds of church members who had joined their churches five years earlier. Then they asked the staff of these churches to identify those members who attended worship services only and those who were also in a small group. Those church members who became involved in some type of group in the churches were five times, five times more likely to be active in the church five years later compared to the worship only attenders. It worked out to be that 83% of those in a small group were still worshiping and serving compared to only 16% for those who had become worship only, worship service only people. See, God never intended for any of us to be lone rangers, right? (laughs) Dun, 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 da-da-dun. And the and Lone Ranger is always thought of as like, he's the hero, right? The Lone Ranger, you know? But God doesn't want us to be Lone Rangers. He didn't design us to be Lone Rangers. If, if you look clear back in Genesis, you'll see that when God created, it was, good, it was 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 good. And then all of a sudden he said, it is not good. What did he say? It wasn't good right man to be alone he didn't design us to be lone rangers he designed us to be together work together encourage one another keep each other accountable oh i said that accountable word didn't i that's no fun it's great though it's important Isolation from other like-minded believers was not and is not part of God's plan. Actually, God designed us to grow most effectively when we're surrounded by other believers. Considering all this, I want to give you four elements. Okay, that was the introduction to my sermon. You guys are scared. I promise we're going to get through this, all right? I want to give you four elements. That, uh, that I believe are scriptural and, imp- and important for small groups, okay? First one is r- the relationship element. In small groups, you are more likely to build relationships. When we gather like this, like this, okay, uh, we come and we get, we get our seat. We get our seat because it's our seat, right? It's where we sit. We get our seat, the service begins, we sit through the service, the service ends, and we're heading out the door. We might shake a few hands and chat a little bit, but, but we're, you know, a few words to each other, but we go months and sometimes even years without finding out details about each other's lives. You know that you can do this. You got, we're all good at it, right? We're all like experts at this. And we need to not be experts at this, but we're really good at it. And, and so I would say to you, um, you know me, right? But you don't really know me. You don't. I mean, some of you do, but not completely. It's like, if you were here yesterday, you'd find out that how, how good I am at catching marshmallows, In my mouth. So competitive. I'm a very competitive person. I really am. Did you know that about me? I am very competitive. I got to be careful. I got to be seriously careful because if I get in a competition, I kind of like, if I'm not careful, I'm just like too competitive. All right. And you guys looking at me thinking, you don't seem like it. I am. Ask my wife. <laughs> we, we need to get to know one another. It's a relationship element. You know, we, we need to get to know one another. Small groups are designed to get to know one another. You take time to listen to each other. You find out what kind of personality each one of us has. You find out what makes a person happy. You find out what breaks a person's heart. Part of God's plan for you and and for I is to get outside of our own little box and pay attention to each other's life and care about one another. Second thing is the ministry element. Small groups have the opportunity to plan and do ministry together. Uh, a small group can, uh, can put their heads together and brainstorm to make a difference in their church community and the neighborhood community. And, and, I, and I want to, to tell you that I know that we have small groups right now that are thinking about, they're just kind of like in the beginning stages of thinking about what they can do and, and how they can serve and what, they can, what kind of maybe project they can do and how they can really make a difference. And it's really neat when you, when you begin to think about how a small group can do that because what happens is a lot of times we rely on like the whole church to be compelled to do some big event. But isn't it really kind of a neat thing when you start thinking about maybe 12 or 14 small groups all putting their heads together and thinking about 12 or 14 other things that can be done in serving the community it's pretty cool, huh? That is the fascination of small groups. It's so wonderful. They can do ministry together that the big church can't do. So you, you say, well, you know, I, I, I can go out and volunteer somewhere by myself. Yes, you can. Oh, that's, that's true. And that's probably good if you do that. But there's a scripture I want to bring to you. It's from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 through 12. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how could one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist them. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. So basically the scripture is telling us it's better when we're working together. It's better when we're doing things uh, hand in hand with someone else. And we're, we're stronger when we do that. And, and so, so when we're coming together as small groups, we have this ministry element that we can do together that can make us really effective for the kingdom of God. Another part of that is when I work alongside someone, I get to know them better, and our term, our teamwork, brings us closer to each other, and closer to God. I tell you what, um, kind of going back to my days of um, working in the factories. Uh, And I think you guys knew I worked in the factory. But I worked in the factory, and there was was times when I would be working with just one individual, and we'd be working together doing something. And we would just, the whole day you're working together, what are you going to do? Talk. Get to know one another. Find out about each other's family. I mean, when you're working with somebody, you're getting to know them. And it's really productive. It's really good. I remember one day I was working, and I think I, I shared this, I shared this with somebody. I think I, I think I shared this with Frank. But I, I was working one day in Wayne Down Garage Door Factory uh, with an Amish guy. And and we were working together all day long. And uh, and when break time came, I sat down, because at break time I always sat down and read some some scripture. And I I sat down, I was reading the Bible, and he came over to me and he said, is that an English Bible? And I said, yeah. And he said, can I see it? I've never seen an English Bible. And I was like, okay, sure. I found out that he had never seen an English Bible. It was always German, and he couldn't read German. And so he had never read the Bible. Obviously, I got him a Bible, you know. But you get to know people when you're working with them. And so this ministry element of small group, it's it's great. Because when you work together, you grow together, you get to know one another, you get closer to each other and closer to God. Third one is the, the teaching element. Learning the truth about Scripture can take place in a lot of different ways. We learn Scripture truth... With the preaching of the word, we learn scripture truth with our own personal study of the Bible. But we also learn scripture truth in a setting of small groups. There's one more scripture. It's the last scripture we're going to use. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one person sharpens another. Okay? One of our men's groups called... Iron sharpens iron, right? And that is so true, and it's, it's scriptural. When you come together and you're learning scripture together, you're, you're growing together, you're helping uh, each other to understand and to grow in the knowledge of the word of God. Now, this past Wednesday at Men's uh, Small Group, we talked about Jesus and his healing of the paralytic in Mark 2. And we had this tremendous conversation, and a lot of people were interacting and sharing their thoughts, and it was good. It was like I was listening to people saying, man, that's good. That's really true. That's really good. And I'm telling you what, when you're coming together and you're talking about Scripture like that, and you're learning and you're growing, and you're encouraging one another, and you're growing in the Scriptures, that is the kind of spiritual growth that we need. Amen. So, You see, iron does sharpen iron. We we learn better together and help each other learn. And and many will say, uh, many say they read the Bible and don't understand it. But if you're not using opportunities to come together with other believers and talk about the Scripture, you're leaving out one of the things God has given us to understand the Scripture. Okay, so if you're one of those people who say, well, I'd like to read my, my Bible, but when I read it, I just don't understand it. Well, then get in a small group where the Bible is being read and the Bible is being discussed so that you can begin to understand it. That's one of the tools. That's one of the things that God's given us. Okay? Number four, got to move quickly. The evangelism element. In Romans 12 and, and 1 Corinthians 12, we find a list of the different gifts. We're not all gifted the same. I said that a little bit ago. Some of us are gifted to teach, to preach, to encourage, to give. But not all of us are gifted to do all of those things. One thing in particular that many struggle to do is evangelize. Anybody struggle to evangelize? Yeah? Either you don't want to raise your hand, you're not honest, or everybody does. You know, everybody loves to evangelize. Because no one raised their hands. There's a few hands to raise, but not too many. Evangelists... <laughs> evangelism is a gift it's a gift so those who are gifted seem to be able to, to just really turn any conversation into a conversation about God I've, I've met those people right have you met some of those people those people are amazing you know it's like you're talking about something and all of a sudden you're talking about the Lord you don't know how you got there but they took it there it's like wow you know, but not everybody's gifted that way. But I want to tell you what happens. If you're not gifted that way, you have the opportunity to say to somebody that you want to evangelize, that you want to introduce to Jesus, hey, come to small group. Where they can come to small group in a setting that maybe they would come to rather than this big setting. And they come to small group and they hear about Jesus. In the scriptures. They experience prayer. They experience something that touches their heart, plants a seed. See, there's a lot of really good things about small group. And things that I believe are God things. So, on the bottom of your handout... Small groups are important for our church. The health of the church is directly tied to small group fellowship, the health of the church. We're going to be more healthy, more strong, be more what we need to be. Small group fellowship helps close the back door and get people connected. Small group fellowship is important for your personal growth as a follower of Jesus. Small group fellowship is one of the most effective and easy ways to help the church grow. Because once you're in a small group, you should be inviting other people to be in a small group. Lastly, there's this, this one last thing I want to share with you before I end. You know who was the greatest small group leader that the world has ever known? Starts with G J ends with Jesus, okay? <laughs> Jesus. You know, he, he, didn't, he, didn't like, he didn't, like, invite the crowds and say to all the huge crowd, come and follow me. He didn't, like, say to 5,000 people, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He said that to 12. They say, well, so he only had the impact on 12? (laughs) No. (laughs) He had had the impact on the whole entire world through 12. Small group can be so amazing. And I want to encourage you to get involved in a small group. Uh, Here's the problem that I want to have in our church that we gotta keep adding small groups. <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna have that problem. I wanna be I wanna be sitting in staff meetings saying to the staff, all of us together, saying, What small group can we start? Because we got so many people that want to be in a small group and we don't have enough. Right. Amen. Will you stand with me? Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much for uh, your word. Um, Lord, we read so many scriptures today, and, and it indicated so much about our connection with each other and how to love one another, how to encourage one another, how to be together. And uh, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us these kinds of ideas, these kinds of ways in which we should be living the life of the church, the church life. And, We thank you, Lord, that you've given us these things so that, um, so we can act on them. Not just so we can hear it, but as James says, we can be doers. You know, if all we do is hear these words and say, "Oh, that was nice," and walk out the door, and nothing's really changed. But Lord, when we hear something that makes sense and it's truth and it's from your Word. Now we have an opportunity to grasp it, to apply it, and I uh, just want to pray that we'll, we'll do that with these things that we've read about today, heard about today. Help us, Lord, to desire so much to, to connect with one another that it will lead to us connecting with one another. We pray, Lord, today that you will guide us and direct us in the way in which we're implementing these things. Because we want to we stay biblical. We want to stay um, within the truth of your word. Lord, our small groups, they need to be for you with purpose. And so, Lord, we just pray that you'll keep us on that right path. Thank you for the opportunity to love one another. May we do that better and better as time goes on. Lord, we wow. offer up these things to you. We, we pray and ask for these things in Jesus' name.